0: Welcome to the Big Blue Saloon. I am Peter Storm. I'm joined by the D-Man, Eric Diamond, and Sancho, Seth Kaplan. Later on in a special treat, we're going to be joined by the founder of Jetsfan.com and Week 2 winner of the D-Man Big Blue Saloon Pick'em Challenge, Neil Morris. Seth, Eric, if I had one word to describe Week 2, it would be bloodbath. The injuries this week were like nothing I've ever seen. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Drew Locke, and Nick Bosa, to name a few. D-Man, what were you thinking on Sunday when you kept reading these injuries, besides the fact that you were happy it wasn't any of your fantasy players?
1: That is true that I was happy it wasn't uh, – I don't have Barkley or McCaffrey in my fantasy team, but I was stunned about all the injuries. And when uh, Barkley went down, I first thought, oh, the Giants season is now officially over. Um, it, but it is amazing the amount of injuries that have occurred within the first few weeks. It's kind of scary, actually, to think how fragile these players are.
0: Well, Eric, at least you and I were, again, 2-0 in our Jet Giants predictions. We might not have been 16-0 and like Nemo, but we were 2-0. and And again, we were pretty spot-on in our analysis of both teams. Seth, you actually had a really good handle in predicting a very embarrassing performance by the Jets. <laughs> However, your Mitch, Mitch Trubisky hate caused you to incorrectly predict the Giants, although it was closer than I expected. Seth, you almost looked really smart there with the Giants. What, what made you think they actually had a shot in this game? You mean the Jets or the Giants, you were, yeah, you were smart on the, both oh. teams, actually. I mean, well, you, 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 you know, the Giants should have won that game, and the, you had the Jet game nailed despite all the injuries. So even though Eric and I were 2-0, I think you were actually the smartest one of the uh, three. Of us.
2: Saying that I quote-unquote nailed the Jet game is really tough to say because uh, most Jet fans could see that one coming. I didn't think that was a particularly tough prediction, but I'll take the credit here. As for my buddy uh, Mitch Trubisky, I, I, yeah, uh, I hate him even more now because he cost me uh, a win in our pool. So uh,
0: keep it going. Well, in tonight's episode, we will review the Jets and Giants Week 2 matchups, look ahead to their Week 3 matches, and further deep dive into where both teams go from here. Because Week 2 was pretty devastating for both of them. So we'll first cover the Jets, uh, Seth. We'll cover the Jets first. So this is where you'll come in. Um, the 49ers crushed the Jets 31-13. I thought this game would be much closer, but it was barely one o five p.m., and I saw on the bottom of my screen as I was watching the Giants game, 49ers 7, Jets nothing, Mostert's 80-yard run. Seth, I thought to myself, how the heck does this happen? The 49ers receiver corpse is out. Why weren't they focused on the run? Seth, please explain to me how the Jets gave up this 80-yard TD pass when you and I could have scripted eight men on You the box.
2: expect me to explain how they gave up that play on the first play of the game? It's, it's inexplicable. It's like the most basic. First play, first down from scrimmage of the game. Simple toss to the right. And the worst part is, not only did he go 80 yards, he went 80 yards untouched. It's like we weren't even trying. So the only good part of that whole sequence was that I could sit back, take a deep breath, and know that the game's already lost and not have to be worried about whether we're going to win or not. That was my only comfort.
0: D-Man, I, I know you were like me, and you were watching a giant game. It was an oddity with both teams playing at the same time. What were your thoughts when you saw him we Because we, we covered that. Uh, the other day saying how in the world could they not just pr- project the run, protect the run?
1: Well, I was expecting the Jets to come out a little bit, you know, more intense playing harder compared to the week one disaster. And they duplicated it, which I didn't think was possible. Not only did they give up an 80 yard run for a touchdown on the first play of the game that most people might've missed if
0: they well, were well, wait, coming it, out of the bathroom, hold on, but hold on. Hold on in case hold- so, Eric, in case they missed it,
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the toss.
3: It's a pretty good space. Right away, San Francisco and Raheem Mostert. Are you kidding me?
2: 80
3: nope. 80 yards all the way on the toss
1: play. And yep. just like that.
0: In case they missed it, I didn't want anybody
1: to miss that. Oh, yeah. I also wanted to point out, I've never seen this before. Third and 31.
2: <laughs> Third and
1: 31. It's like an automatic punt situation. A fifty five yard run to get a first down. I, I couldn't believe it.
2: You know, it's funny, uh, Eric, it's the second week in a row that the Jets provided you with a once in a lifetime highlight. I believe last week you pointed out how they had to delay a game after the timeout, and you said I've never seen that before.
0: So well, that was are, after a kickoff, yes.
2: <laughs> we are constantly giving you something new. So you should be thanking us that
0: we're providing you with this entertainment. I, I think what, what was what, with the game, the game did not get much better from that eighty yard T D run at 49er players, star players, got hurt one by one. Nick Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Solomon Thomas. And in my, mi- in my mind, this was truly an embarrassing effort for Adam Gase and company. And now you really have to think about the fact that they have a real shot at the number one <coughs> pick in the draft this year. I, I mean, the lone oh. bright spot might have been uh, last year's third year- third overall pick, and Williams, who had seven tackles and two sacks. And this year's first round pick, McKeel Becton, continues to play well. Right. Right. I mean, the, the ageless Frank Gore did pick up 63 yards rushing, and Sam Darnold did not throw an interception. To me, those were the only bright spots for the Jets. Is that, we'll, 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 you know, can you pick up any of here? No, any, those, Anything right. for Jet fans out there to hang on to a glimmer of hope?
2: No, there's none. But no, the, the, other than the two that you point out, Quinton Williams definitely, like someone on defense finally stepping up. Not only did he get those two sacks, but he was constantly in the backfield, so that was good to see. And Becton, Before Bosa went out, he was dominating Bosa. Like they kept showing on the replays. He was knocking Bosa back. So that's the best the NFL has. So if Becton is knocking him back, that speaks for good things. Now, if we could just get the rest of the line in order, we'd be in good shape. But to your point about Gase, the only good thing now is it's really only a matter of when. Before it was like, will they stick with Gase? Will they not stick with Gase? I think we all are on the same page. He's got to go. The worst thing would have been we had a mediocre seven and nine season and, and he fools the um, ownership into keeping him around. Now his fate is sealed, he is gone, it's just a matter of when. So that's the only thing I have to look forward to besides watching my young players develop.
1: Seth, let me ask you this. The offense is putrid. Darnold threw for 179 yards when right. he uh, completed 21 passes, which means he's, you know, five yard outs he's doing. And 30 of those yards came on that last play that he made, it was actually best play of the day. Right. Uh, when he escaped the sack to throw that touchdown with one minute to go. Right. Um, is it more the offense is just terrific or is Darnold really not that good? Well,
2: you know, you know, my answer to this, having been on this podcast before, I feel bad for Darnold. Here's what the answer is. It's the former. We have two major problems with the offense. One, we are so freaking predictable. It's ridiculous. I can sit and watch the game and I can tell you every play we're going to have. it. it's not because I'm an offensive genius mind furthest thing from it, but I know what we're going to run. It is run up the middle, run up the middle, short pass, short of the first down on third down every time. I mean, we had that huge third and one in the first half and we're trying to make a run out of it, and they go two runs right up the middle, and everyone knew they were going two runs right up the middle, and we get stuffed. That so really
1: was too, the turning point of the game that turn, you're but, mentioning.
2: Well, that was the ending point, right? Turning point assumes that we were actually had turning point was the first side. play of the game, but right, yeah. <laughs> right. So, but, and besides being too predictable, we're way too conservative too. We have these like third and eighteen plays and we do draws and the worst which blows my mind and I heard this talk about a lot is down twenty four to three and it's like in the end of the third quarter and we're kicking field goals. And he and Gase said after the game he wanted us to give something positive. I mean that that could not be a bigger negative as far as I'm concerned. So it's too predictable, too conservative.
0: Gase has gotta go. I, I read something interesting about Gace uh, during this week. Uh of all the offenses that he has run in his career as offensive coordinator and head coach, only one time has he been in the top seven of total offense, and that was the year he coached Peyton Manning. Of course. So calling this guy an offensive genius or an offensive guru. Uh, it's Where misguided. did he get
2: these labels from? What has Look this how this well happened? Tannehill's
1: played
0: uh, since he left Miami. That's okay.
2: right. Okay, Seth, do- now here, here's a ah. big
0: question for you. Okay, when we did this podcast before the season, I asked you, Jets get number one pick. <laughs> Do you, you know, I know you're a Sam Darnold apologist and you still yes. are. Yes. The Jets have the first pick in the draft. Are you still not taking Trevor Lawrence? I have to, I honestly, I have to see how the rest of the season plays
2: out. If, if it goes in this direction and Darnold does not improve, I may, may, may need to change my stance, but I, I have to see how it plays out. I, I, I do believe Darnold will get better. I do believe the line will solidify a little bit. I have no faith in Gates. But I, I think that despite him, they should gel and get a little better as the season goes on. I just I just think it would be such a waste. I would love to see Sam play with some some protection and some weapons, and, and he hasn't had a chance to do that yet. So I, I'd be sad to give up if we go with Trevor Lawrence. We're really bringing back the clock another three years, and I, I can't go there yet. I can't go there yet.
0: I, I, and and we, we, ought to, we need to move on because this Trevor Lawrence thing is going to be – for both teams all season, but I don't, I don't think you go back three years. I think Trevor Lawrence comes in right away and, and, and he's better than what you have. But to be honest with you, it, it guns in my head, and I wouldn't have said this before the season started. The Jets right now, to me, are the top contender for the number one pick. I, I've yeah. never seen a team this talentless on both sides of the ball, because they really Thank are.
1: It's you. not that they have no talent. They're unprepared. They, have, they come with no energy. It's, it's amazing how they're just so flat each week.
2: And if you see this, and this will be my last comment, the players now, publicly, you rarely see this. They are saying, you know what? We don't practice that well. I mean, when do you see this, right? You have, like, these players saying, we don't play good in practice. We're not prepared in practice. We don't tackle well in practice. I mean, they're essentially saying this is the
0: coach's fault without actually saying it. You just you never see that. Well, the Jets, have been, the Jets have good company in the road to the number one pick. They are now joined by Big Blue at 0-2 after their loss to the Bears. But this was the biggest play of the game.
3: And Saquon Barkley has been injured. At the end of this run, right there, going out of bounds with a little extra push. Barkley down and in pain. We're going
0: to show you a... Determined. That was Scott Hanson from NFL Red Zone because they didn't really have a call of this play. Because if you were watching the game, they didn't really... Realized that Barkley was hurt, but I actually texted Eric, you Eric, right during that play. I so said he just tore his ACL. Anyways, the Giants dropped that game 17 to oh, 13.
1: Pete, Pete, real quick on the Barkley injury.
0: He actually got hurt
1: the previous run, if
0: you remember. Yeah. He was limping. Yeah. Yeah. The, Gi- the Giants dropped the game 17 to 13. And as we mentioned, the biggest story about the game was the season ending ACL surgery to Saquon Barkley. And again, to me, this further my argument that Dave Gettleman set this franchise back five years without selection. To be clear to listeners, I am a Saquon Barkley fan, and I felt terrible when this happened. My issues with Barkley are philosophical on how to build a team, not about him as a player. I want that to be clear. D-Man, what were your thoughts when you saw this injury?
1: Well, first, I, I felt horrible for Barkley because he's a class act and to see him in pain like that and knowing he's out for the year right at that moment was tough. Um, and then obviously my thought is that giants are officially done for the year because that's have no running game at this point now, which is proven after he left. Because he actually know, led the know, I, I be honest rushing here, yards with 28 Eric, I have, I, have to interrupt you,
0: I have to interrupt you here. I'm going to find it. You're going to find it very interesting with Devontae Freeman. If he gets the carries and it's going to prove my point. He, Devontae Freeman is, is not going to do that much worse than Saquon Barkley, and it's why you never take a running back. You, you're going to see it, and, and it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Devontae Freeman and, and Seth, what are your thoughts on this with, with Barkley and now Santa and Devontae Freeman replacing him? I, I actually don't think the Giants will suffer as much as people think.
2: I, I totally agree. I actually am hoping to pick up Devontae Freeman in a, a couple of leagues. I could totally see him having a good uh, year, and it, it reminds me of – and I'm drawing a blank – the Rams last year after Gurley went down. <laughs> Who did they take off the streets that had a, a C. Great C. second? C.J. C. Anderson. C.J. Anderson, right? He was on his couch for half the season. He came in. He had a monster last couple of weeks. I, I, know, I don't know if Devonta Freeman will go like that, but I could see him having a good year.
1: Yeah, but there's something you guys are forgetting. No one's going to run behind this offensive line. Nobody. I don't care. You take any <laughs> running back, they're not running well on the, in this on the, behind this offensive line.
0: I'm going to be very fascinated to see this because – This is going to be very fascinating with with Devontae Freeman replacing Barkley. Devontae Freeman is probably a better runner for the type of scheme that Jason Garrett runs and blocking and stuff like that. This is going to be very fascinating. Anyways, after the Giants game, the words hard-fought and moral victories were thrown around. But any fan of this team does not want to hear that. The Giants have started the season 0-2 in six six, six of the last seven seasons. They have the worst record in the NFL over the last three years. Their season is usually over by October these days. D-Man, to me, there are no moral victories. I don't want to hear that. The Bears aren't a good team, and the Giants should have won the game.
1: I agree with you on that. Um, They came out very flat, uh, unlike week one. And, you know, they held the Bears. If you told me they would have held the Bears 17 points, I would have said, oh, they should be able to win. And, you know, the reality is there's a lot of things they should have done better. Even in the second half, that last drive. They had two minutes to go. They are on the 40-yard line, and they barely made it to uh, the 10-yard line. And they should have had a few more shots at the end zone. And honestly, in that last play, I actually
0: think Jones should have tried to run instead set, of forcing the ball. Seth, did Mitch Trubisky do anything to uh, change your opinion of him in this game?
2: No, I can't stand him. Actually, it's really more a reflection, I think, of the Giants' poor defense than Mitch playing a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the Bears can have him. They're never going to win a Super Bowl with that guy. To me, that's a test. If you look at the quarterback and you say, can you win a Super Bowl with the guy, they're not winning a Super Bowl with him under any circumstances. So more poor Giants' day than a great Mitch Trubisky.
0: Now, I agree with you, Steph. The Giants' defense really let them down. The Bears ran the ball down their throat in the fourth quarter, killed the clock, and the Giants couldn't get back in the field. D-Man, this is especially discouraging to me because the run defense is actually supposed to be the strength of the team.
1: Yeah, they made Montgomery look like an all-pro running back, which he's not. And Trubinsky also had some big runs that last drive, and they just couldn't – they didn't tackle him and they should have. It was frustrating. The Giants also have been watching the first two games have given up scores right before halftime, uh, which is always a bad sign of a bad team. And plus
0: their fourth quarter defense has been poor as well in both games. Yeah, I mean we we I've spent a lot of time on this podcast criticizing Sam Darnold, but No. This was <laughs> this was a very an uneven game by Daniel Jones. He now has four turnovers in two games. He actually should have had a fifth on a pick six that was called back. And as of now, I have no idea if he's gonna be Kirk Cousins or he's gonna be a winning quarterback. And 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 he has not done much in these two games to really established himself that he's progressed at all since a rookie in my opinion he's been good he's been bad he's been good he's been bad he, he's still an enigma to me and, and, and what's, he, and what's he, even more concerning is Andrew Thomas really struggled in this game he, he graded out as the lowest graded offensive line lineman for the Giants I guess that's going to happen to a rookie and the offensive line did play better as a unit especially Will Hernandez in my opinion Eric D-Man what did you think of the uh, Giants offensive line in this game?
1: Well, it was certainly – it was better than the Pittsburgh game, but it was still, as you said, very consistent. You know, Jones got hit enough. You know, obviously two more turnovers again. Um, He's definitely reminding me of Jamie Winston a little bit. But, you know, offensively, they still can't run the ball. I know they've ran for – I don't think they've even run for 100 yards in two games so far. That's how bad it's been. I don't think
0: they've run for 50 yards in two games, to be honest with you. (laughs) I, 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 I would I'd be surprised the lone bright spot of the game actually though was James Bradbury who actually was the defensive player of the week he played really well I was very impressed with Bradbury but of course on the other side Corey Ballantyne killed them with I, he didn't have any idea where that ball was coming from at the end of the first half and that was a killer so it's it's tough to know where this team goes from here without Barkley they are still I mean they're still playing hard but they really lack talent just like the Jets and, and, and we need to see more from Daniel Jones. But that being said, what's great about football is now they have another game this week. And, and the 49ers actually stayed here in New York at MetLife Stadium. They spent the week in New York. Even though if I was them, I'd refuse to play this game on the MetLife turf. So after losing Raheem Mostert, Devin Coleman, Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Bosa, and Solomon Thomas in that game. So due to all those injuries, I actually think the Giants have a real shot in this game because the because the defense should be able to hold the 49ers down, and I think Patrick Graham will scheme to stop the run. Uh, D-Man, what are your thoughts on this game early? And, and give us a prediction.
1: Well, I think they do have a chance because of the injuries the 49ers have. But at the same time, the Giants got to execute, and they got to score some damn points for a change. Their offense, you know, they've been almost like Darnold, thinking and dumping. They don't, they're not throwing the ball down in the field. And if you can't throw it down in the field, you're not going to be able to score enough points to win. Also, they have to, you know, they actually have run the ball for 104 yards in two games, which is pathetic. So they have to do better with better job with that. The pass rush also needs to be better consistently. You know, they have a few sacks, but most times they're not getting any pass rush on the quarterback. Also, third down conversion. Last week they were three out of thirteen. If you're if they're three out of thirteen this week, they're gonna lose for sure. So they gotta do a better job on third down.
0: And what's your prediction?
1: You know, I'm actually torn on this because part of me thinks they're going to respond and play a real good game. But I have to say the 49ers are still going to win because I just think they're the better team, even with the injuries. Now, I think also, um, Grapple, is he playing, you think?
0: Uh, He's questionable. He's he's questionable. He's questionable like the rest of us are every day. We're all day to day. We're all questionable. <laughs> see,
1: I think if he doesn't play, I think the Giants will win. But well, if he plays, I think they're gonna lose.
0: Unfortunately, you can't wait till that revelation, yeah. so you have to make a prediction now.
1: All right, I'm gonna pick the 49ers to win uh 16-13. Hmm. Seth?
2: So I I I can't really put my finger on it, but I'm higher on the Giants than you. I I, I than you both. I, I see flashes of talent. I see flashes of ability to be competitive and i like joe judge i like what i see out of him I, I they may not gonna have a great record but i do think they're gonna head for like a six and ten seven and nine record despite the zero and two start and i predicted them winning last week i think they're gonna win this week i mean yes all the teams have been ravaged by injuries but san francisco got hit harder than anyone by far and even if garoppolo plays i mean having watched him last week he, he could he literally could not walk now, of course, you can beat the Jets not being able to walk, but you can't beat an NFL team when you can't walk. So I, I, I don't see him being a factor, even if he does play. I'm taking the Giants 24-21.
0: For the second week in a row, Seth yep. takes the Giants. I, th- I still think this is reverse psychology, but whatever.
2: What, what is my reverse psychology? What am I getting out of this, Pete?
0: You're getting what? out of this. If you say the Giants are going to win, they'll actually lose, right. and, and you'll be happier because misery loves company.
2: So, but you think I know I'm wrong, so I'm going to purposely pick them to win when I know they're going to lose?
0: I, I think it's a possibility. Yeah, please. <laughs> hey, uh, in my mind, the Giants can only win this game if Daniel Jones does not turn the ball over and is able to make a few plays to Darius Slayton or Evan Engram. Engram seemed to wake up a bit later versus the Bears. Unfortunately, Sterling Shepard is out this week and is now on IR. And as the D man and I both discussed all season, the Giants' skill position players are put together with duct tape. As a result, Golden Tate will need to step up. I don't foresee da- Devontae Freeman being a factor this week. I do know the Giants management does not feel like this is a lost season yet due to the NFC's being so weak. Also, I don't think John Mara can stomach more talk about the draft in October instead of the playoffs. And, and as Seth had put it, I think Joe Judge will continue to push this team. So I'm actually going to surprise and go against what I originally thought. And I'm going to say the Giants <laughs> will win this game 17-13. to 13. The 49ers are really banged up. They're very annoyed that they got to play again at MetLife Stadium. And, I, you know, the, the injuries aren't to, to, to peripheral players here. I mean, we got Garoppolo, their top two right. running backs, their two receivers, George Kittle's questionable. If the Giants can't win this game at home against a really banged-up 49ers team, I don't know what to say. So I, I, I actually think the Giants are going to win this game. And I, and, I, and I know I've said I didn't think they're going to win their first six or seven games, but that was all things being equal. The 49ers just banged up beyond – even conversation at this point.
2: I uh, I think that's just reverse psychology.
1: <laughs> no, this the Giants definitely could win this game and they really should with all the injuries. Well but... you you're on
0: you're on record as picking the 49er uh, <laughs> Yeah <two>. but when <laughs> I,
1: when I make my official pick though I could
3: change it.
0: Absolutely that was the official pick. Yeah you can't. No. That's your official pick.
1: You that's to what pick I put it. into the computer. No, 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 this is that's being your recorded. It doesn't matter. You can't it's call old... it
0: no, I, I didn't I need to know if
1: is playing.
2: No, it doesn't work like
0: that. Yeah, you can't this do that.
2: Right,
0: you gotta make your pick right for the the public to know. You can't say, "Oh, well, I changed it." You have to think he, about right now: Is Garoppolo gonna play in your mind? And, and no, 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 it's over. Pete, you gotta go into the website and make
2: sure that he sticks with that pick. I he will not
0: change it. Don't, okay. Don't, <laughs> don't don't think I won't. Don't think I won't do that. I'll take my administrative. I know. i
1: totally take my serious. administrative
0: Powers and I'll change his pick. I know you will.
1: All right. All right. All right. Since you can do that, I am switching my pick to the Giants.
0: Whoa. Whoa. 16, (laughs) 13
1: Giants. I'll just switch it around. Wow. No, because I do think this would be the game the Giants could win because of all the injuries. That is unprecedented.
0: (laughs) It's only the third week, but all right. (laughs) So all three of us have now picked the Giants. We (laughs) pretty much guarantees they'll lose this week. (laughs) <laughs> I,
2: th- I think that's reverse psychology by him, but that's all right.
0: <laughs> well, if anyone is going to do reverse psychology, it's definitely the D-man. Okay. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm the- really torn on
1: this game.
2: Anyway, really the
0: Jets' path to nowhere takes them to Indianapolis this week. Indy is 1-1 one and one and is coming off a very impressive win against the Vikings. The Colts feature a very strong running attack, now led by impressive rookie Jonathan Taylor, who ran for more yards in his first game than the Giants have this season. The veteran Philip Rivers is now the quarterback, and his play has been uneven, but his eyes should light up this week for a chance to throw against the Jets secondary, and finally develop some chemistry with Ty Hilton. The Colts defense is underrated, as linebacker Darius Leonard is one of the best defenders in the NFL. You've never heard of the pass run comes from DeForest Buckner, Justin Houston, and Taekwon Lewis. Originally, when the pundits looked at the Jets schedule, this felt that they felt this is a game they could win. Seth. That being said, what are your thoughts on this game?
2: Well, I know this is not a fantasy football show, but I wish I had Jonathan Taylor on my team because I would play him. I would wait till he has the game of his life. And then I would trade him after the game is over because his value would be really high. I think I see him running for like 150, all purpose yards between running and receiving. Um, I don't think any knowledgeable NFL person could possibly make an argument that there's a reason to see the jets winning this game. Um, And I certainly don't see it either. Uh, Not to mention the fact that we have two of our offensive linemen that are hurt and our top four wide, a top four wide receivers are all hurt. Um, Hogan may play, but Perryman Crowder Mims doubtful to play Hogan may play. I see what happens here is they just try to keep it close early on because they can't possibly go down 21 to three, three games in a row, but, The Colts eventually pull away, and they pull away big time. I have this as Colts thirty-one, Jets thirteen.
0: I mean, I didn't give my prediction, and so so the D man goes last and can't switch when he hears what we both have to say. My prediction, my prediction is right in line with you, Seth. Colts thirty, Jets fourteen. D man and I'm also
1: going with the Colts. Um
0: Are you sure? Tw- like, are,
1: yes. Do you, do you 27, need to know if
0: Rivers is playing right? do you want to know if Actually, Rivers
1: is playing? did you guys ever hear the uh Moe Alley Cox before last week? No. No. Well, he led the Colts in receiving yards with 111 yards playing for uh Jack Doyle, the tight end. Okay. That's exciting. Well, I'm just saying, it's, you never they are having players that are step up when players get injured. Unlike you know, like the Jets, you know, no one steps up when people are hurt.
2: So
0: what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? The Jets stink. That's what it means. No, it's well, no, <laughs> you know, your prediction. No, it's me. picking both the Colts and the Jets. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I said it.
1: Colts 27, Jets 13.
0: Oh, all okay. right. So the three of us have all picked – I think we've all picked the Giants. I'm not sure what the D-man's doing. I'm going to have to check the website. On I'll the stick with game. the Giants. And all, all three of us have now picked the Colts. Yeah.
2: Um, for now. For now.
0: For now. I, I don't see that one changing. That's true.
2: Um, That's true.
0: You know, the Jets' path to nowhere continues in Indy. So the Giants play at one. The Jets play at four. Since it's of Yom Kippur, it's a good opportunity to watch both games. <laughs> uh, finally, now we get to the Quinnen Williams versus Leonard Williams Contest, And this has been a lot more exciting than we ever imagined. Last week Seth said that we had probably won after Leonard Williams was one sack. And I think Quint word got back to quitting Williams <laughs> as he had a career game with seven tackles and two sacks. And I got to be honest, I'm still trying to figure out if Leonard Williams even played last week against the Bears because he had no tackles and nothing, nothing doing.
3: Yeah, I sure get a hair that. once.
0: That was about it. So right now, <laughs> we're at Von- Vantage Sancho. So, Seth, how do you feel about Quentin Williams? He definitely it, surprised you. That that he came out,
2: that's his first real big-time game. So it's like this bet is one of the few good things I have going for me so far this season.
0: It is. Uh, D-Man, what did you think of Leonard Williams' performance on Sunday? That's what I expected. I mean, as I said,
1: I wasn't impressed with his uh, sack week one, and he, he was pretty much invisible in week two. So I'm not surprised. I'm, I had no expectations for him. So yeah. it's nothing else to say about him.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll continue to monitor this, uh, Quinn and Williams versus Leonard Williams contest. Um, obviously Quinn and Williams has gotten word of the bet and it, it might be the best thing that ever happened in his career. Cause two sacks from him last week was a shocker. So anyway, <laughs> I... anyways, as mentioned earlier, we're going to move on now to the D man, big blue Pick'em challenge portion of the show. And, again, we're only going to pick five games, not all of them, because, again, we don't want to give away all our secrets. The D-man actually uh, had 14 out of 16 last week. But he, I could just see the D-man at home last week. He's, like, looking at games, and he's got all these right, I'm thinking he's won 70 bucks, he's going to take the family out to dinner. And then he looks at, <laughs> looks at three people that have perfect players and papers, including our uh, Week 2 winner, Neil Morris, who is supposed to join us, but he is not yet. Probably still enjoying his Chinese feast from Golden Dynasty with wife Joni. <laughs> so when he does join us, we will uh, try and get him to give us some pearls of uh, wisdom. Anyways, D-Man, get us started. So right now we've already both, all three of us have picked the Giants and all three of us have picked the Jets. So D-Man, I know whoa, you whoa, picked whoa. the, whoa, the All three of us picked the Colts. Oh, Colts. My, my bad. I'm sorry. Come on now. My, the Freudian slip. So anyways, as mentioned earlier, the D-man is going to get us going. He's picked the five best games of the week. Let's All get right. started.
1: Here we go for week three. First good game, Rams against the Bills. The Bills have a good offense for the first time since Jim Kelly was quarterback. Josh Allen threw for 411 yards and three touchdowns against Miami. Stefan Diggs is so happy to not have Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. And last week, he had eight catches for 153 yards and a touchdown. Jared Goff is off to a good start this year as he outplayed Carson Wentz. Uh, throwing three touchdowns. The Rams D has held both the Cowboys and Eagles less than 20 points. So what do you guys think?
2: I would say they both have been impressive the first two weeks. I think the Bills have been more impressive. I'll take the Bills at home.
0: Yeah, jo- Josh Allen has probably been uh, one of the bigger surprises to me in the NFL so far this year because this year, his throwing seems to be catching up to his running. Um, I know home field advantage doesn't mean anything. Uh, but I, you know, I'm with Seth. I like the bills, but this is one of those real toss up games of the week that are going to, that are going to decide the winner and losers of the pool, but I'll stick with the bulls right now. Bills right now. Yeah. I've been impressed by the
1: bills, but they did beat the jets and Miami, uh, the Rams. I thought, you know, beat will better competition. So I'm going to go with the Rams next game. Wait, wait. wait, Are you you sure? (laughs) I am sure. Yes. (laughs) I'll be checking. <laughs> All right, next game. Packers at the Saints. Aaron Rodgers has found the fountain of youth. Six touchdowns and no interceptions so far in two games. Jones led the Packers in rushing and receiving yards last week as he had a combined 236 yards and three touchdowns against Detroit, Detroit. The Saints are trying to rebound after losing at the Raiders last week. The defense struggled and pretty certainly missed Michael Thomas.
0: What do you guys think? Pete? Uh, you want to hear what I have to say on this one? Uh, you know, I... I, I as much as Josh Allen has impressed me through two games, Drew Brees hasn't. Um, Michael Thomas probably will not play. Is The Green Bay Packers doctor is actually the one who has to clear him, I read. Can't say conflict of interest there. Uh, the Packers have been playing really well. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers has been great. I have Aaron Jones in fantasy. Even though I had him, I still lost last week, which is mind-boggling. Uh, you know, I like the Packers in this game. Home field advantage doesn't mean anything, so I think you know, the Packers are going to win this game.
2: Uh, you're right. It does not mean as much, although I, I don't know. I, I, I saw the Saints play Monday night. I was not impressed. I just have a feeling that they're going to straighten it out. Um, you know, the, the Packers, good starts sometimes end up being mirages. Uh, I'm not buying Aaron Rodgers having an, this this good a season all year. I'm going to pick the Saints.
1: I'm going with the Packers as well. Um, the Saints are actually 0-2 without Michael Thomas, so I think it's going to be 0-3.
0: Next you know, game. One, one thing we, on this game before we go, with Aaron Rodgers, there's no doubt he's been motivated by the fact that they chose a quarterback in the first round of the draft this year. Oh, absolutely. I
1: agree with that. Anyways, we digress. Next, next game, Raiders at the Patriots. Josh Jacobs has helped to give the Raiders a more balanced offense and a 2-0 and all record uh, where they meet Newton and Belichick this week. Newton threw for 397 yards last week but got stuffed at the 1-yard long one-yard line on the last play of the game and falling short to Seattle 35-30. Seth, what do you think?
2: I think uh, Gruden is one of the most overrated personalities slash coaches of all time, and I'm not taking him on the road against Belichick. Uh, Give me the Patriots at home.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Gruden, you know, his celebration after the win last week went viral, but it didn't compare to the celebration that I posted on Facebook with Neil and Joni. When Neil <laughs> cool. what could so yeah it's really overrated i agree with seth his, his coaching is overrated his personality is overrated and seth and i we've been saying this and we don't agree on everything I mean, the fact that the patriots were that competitive with seattle just shows you the patriots aren't going anywhere yeah. i like the patriots over the raiders
1: I also pick in the Patriots. I do think Belichick will find a way to slow down the Raiders offense and I think that Derek Carr is going to have one of those games where he throws like three interceptions.
0: Well, you know you know you know Belichick's going to take Darren Waller right out of the game. He's going to take Darren Waller and and Josh Jacobs right out of the game and after that the Raiders don't have that much offensive talent. So and Carr can get flustered. So Exactly. Belichick. And I, yeah. yeah. Who did you take? Eric, who did you take in this game? I didn't hear. No, the Patriots. Oh, uh, okay. You've been, you've been a big Raider guy so far this year, so I wasn't. I, I
1: was, but I think they're going to slip this week. Next game, the Cowboys at Seattle. Christmas came early to the Dallas Cowboys, thanks to the Atlanta Falcons' lack of knowledge of the onside kick rules. <laughs> Except another high-scoring game against the underrated Russell Wilson, who was thrown for nine touchdowns in two games so far. Pete, what do you think?
0: I, I, I do not think that Dallas is a very good team, and, I, and, I, and we talked about this earlier, and John Mara has definitely read the tea leaves of the NFC East, which is why they went out and they you know, they went after Devontae Freeman. Uh, Dallas is not in the same category as Seattle. Seattle to me right now, you put a gun to my head, they're the NFC representative for the Super Bowl. I'm going to take Seattle. Russell Wilson is finally going to win that elusive MVP this season.
2: So, of course, uh, I tend to agree with you, and I say, of course, because that means the Jets pick for Jamal Adams will be at the bottom of the first round. So I've already conceded that that's going to happen, but Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind. I think the Cowboys win was a mirage. If the Seahawks go up big on the Cowboys, you can rest assured they're not giving up that lead. I think the Seahawks will actually win big. I think it's a 10-plus point victory for the Seahawks.
1: I think the game will be close, but uh, Seattle has the better defense. I mean, Cowboys can't stop anybody, um, and they were very lucky last week, so I'm also going with Seattle. Uh, Last game, Chiefs at the Ravens. Best game of the week by far as the two best teams in the NFL square off. The Chiefs were losing 17-6 in the third quarter to the Chargers but came back to win an overtime thanks to a 50-yard field goal from Harrison Butler. That makes it 11 straight games for the Chiefs, uh, including the playoffs. Uh, the Ravens, you know, had a pretty easy game against Houston. They ran the ball right down the throats for 230 yards. The Ravens have also won 14 straight regular season games, so pretty impressive for both teams. Seth, what do you think?
2: This is definitely uh, like a, a pick 'em type game. I mean, you can make a strong case for either of them. I don't have a strong feeling on this one either way, but I would just take Mahomes over Lamar Jackson. I think I told you guys I think – Lamar's going to come down. This might be the week he comes down a little bit. So give me Mahomes and the Chiefs.
0: Eric, I got to correct you on one thing. Uh, Harrison but- Butler does not like to be called Harrison Butler. He's actually Harrison Butker. So, uh, so I he, apologize, Mr. Butler. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this game is not only probably the best game of the week, but it's probably the best game of the season. And this is actually one rare game where home field advantage actually matters. It's the Chiefs are allowed fans, or some fans, uh, so I, I like the Chiefs in this game.
2: Pete, I have to correct you on one thing: the game's in Baltimore. It is. Yes, in Baltimore. It is. Oh.
0: Yeah, I love the game. So all right, I still. I, I, are you changing your pick now? Yeah. I, I, then I like Baltimore. I actually like Baltimore. <laughs> uh, all
1: right. I think this game means more to the Ravens uh, because the Chiefs are the defending champs. I think it's going to be a, a very high-scoring game, and I think Baltimore's going to pull it off this time.
0: We've been—we we've, before we get on—we've been joined by the head of JetFans.com. I don't know what you're doing typing back there, Neil. But you might want to stop. No more back. We don't want any background noise here. Um, Neil, welcome to the show. <laughs>
3: hey guys, no, no typing happening here. I'm not too sure why. I'm not too sure why there's any background noise. Uh,
0: again. Neil, quickly, uh, congratulations on going 16-0. and 0. We have referenced your uh, celebration dinner with Joni on the Chinese food. Um, quickly, you want to give us uh, quickly why or how you came up with all 16 games correctly for our fans? Well, uh, to quote a
3: few other people, apparently I just took all the favorites, so that actually wasn't necessarily the case. I just... You know, I, I happen to have a little bit of luck with the, with the Cowboys, the Seahawks, and the Chiefs. Those three games all went down to the wire. Uh, and Certainly the Raider game didn't start off very well for me, but uh, they seemed to come out strong. So uh, a little bit of luck, a little bit of luck. I would th- certainly say it was more luck than skill, that's for sure.
0: Uh,
2: he's playing it down. Nemo's a genius.
0: More, more importantly, how was that Chinese celebration dinner from Golden Dynasty? Uh, I... I can't really comment on, 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 on that dinner. <laughs> now top secret, huh? A lot of things uh, that have gone viral what is that is, there's been a there's been, you know, Seth and the D Man and I were talking about it. We thought your celebration with Joni that I posted on Facebook defeated the John Gruden celebration. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we got any flags or fines on that one, so all right. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a minute here because 'cause you've asked for it. you know, as the head of JetFans.com. What are, we, we've already talked about the Jets, and, and once you're done with this, you can just log off so we don't have to hear this background noise. Give us your one minute on the Jets.
3: Well, what I would say is anyone who, uh, who knows sports radio knows Ira from Staten Island is the, is the world's biggest yep. fan, and I think he's even starting to give up on this team. <laughs> um, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty morbid right now. Uh, the reality is that I think ownership has to take responsibility for years and years of just malpractice. I think Peyton Manning may be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but for him to be whispering into Chris Johnson and Woody Johnson's ears to have Adam Gase hired really is the crux of all this. I think Sam Darnold has some flashes of what he could be. I mean, there was a fourth and one, and he wasn't allowed to do his thing. I mean, certainly you have just years and years of of malpractice Mm -hmm. when it comes to drafting. Therefore, you had no skill positions really filled. There's no depth on the team. I don't know if just of just going 0-16 and getting Trevor Lawrence is the answer. Because guess what? You need more than just one person to run a team. You need an edge rusher. You need wide receivers. You need a defense that actually could stop something. So it's a whole just colossal failure from one end to the other. So that's how I feel about the Jets right now. Uh,
0: Seth. As a uh, fellow Jet fan, uh, what did you think of Jet Neil's uh, one minute of fame there?
2: Well, Neil is spot on. Ironically, he's usually more optimistic than me. So to hear that, that tells you something.
0: Yeah. Well, Neil, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to. Congratulations, uh, Neil. Thank yeah, you. We, yes. we look forward to seeing how you do for a uh, repeat performance this week. I'm looking forward to joining you again. All right. Have a See good one. Know. Thank you. Okay, anyways, if you're a listener, please do not forget to join the Big Blue Saloon Facebook page. We have finally cracked 100 members. That 100th member was Wayne Port. Wayne. Wayne is now eligible for a one-hour life coaching session (laughs) with the (laughs) D-Man. Ironically, ironically, Wayne frequently had Eric's counsel in college, and I'm not sure Wayne would consider this to be a prize for being the 100th member. Hey, one day in college, we went on a double date. Oh. Mm. Okay, that's another I
1: Wayne, I, I, I surprised Wayne with a date.
0: <laughs> so as you can see, we should, you guys should have all battled to be that 100th member because Eric could have popped you up with a double date. Yeah. So anyways, I'm not going to mention anything beyond that but <laughs> we noticed so so before we go and it's been another great show um, you know we've really I mean the, the, these two teams don't lack to provide us any fodder so uh, Seth and then d-man any final thoughts before we sign off for this week?
2: I just want the Jets to be competitive. I, I just want I want to watch a good game obviously a win would be great, but I just want to see some competitive football for my team.
0: D-Man? D-Man?
1: Well, I, I mean, I'm not a Jets fan, but I, I, along with Seth, I want them to be competitive because they're so freaking embarrassing. It's it's just really sad. It really is. As far as the Giants, you know, because of the injury to the 49ers, you know, I do expect them to win. They should win. You know, they got to throw the ball uh, down the field. Uh, this They're giving up too many big plays. Um, And that one touchdown with Montgomery, it was embarrassing to miss tackles. Um. Forget which player it was was actually running backwards uh, as Montgomery's was cutting uh, to the middle of the field. So the defense that, has that, to that bring have it. That would Peppers. No, I don't think it was Peppers. No, it was. Um, forget who it was. But the defense has to bring it. They got to bring. They got to have more of a pass rush, and they have to stop the run. I mean, the 49ers love to run the ball. They have to stop them. You have to keep them in the 100 yards rushing to win.
0: Yeah, I mean, my final thoughts are that I'd I really like, you know, with the Jets, you know, I, I, you know, many, my dad was a Jet fan. Most of my friends are Jet fans. So I, I don't really take any, as much as I try to poke at the Jets, I don't take any great joy in seeing their failures. It's not really good for New York sports. I, I would just like to see them put, a, I mean, I, I just thought the game against the 49ers was just a colossal embarrassment. So I, I, I would like to see them be competitive and play hard against the Colts. I don't think they'll win the game. Think it's a talent issue, but I want to see them play hard. And regarding the Giants, I mean, I, you know, for my credibility, the scenario I want to see is Devonte Freeman lead the Giants to the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. if that doesn't, it, and the funny thing is, if he does, he probably saves Dave Gettleman's job. That's the irony. But I really feel Gettleman has has set this team back for years with what he did with the draft capital, and that's become even more obvious. And I think, and I think they will win this game this week. And I think. You know, they'll be one and two, and they could be tied for the lead in the NFC East at that point. So, you know, you got to play the season. You know, I'm sick and tired of playing for the draft. I'd rather play for the season at this point and and not be talking about the draft in October. So, I do want to see the Giants. Well, that's also because
1: you're giving up on Lawrence, since,
0: you know, the Jets are the worst team in the league. (laughs) But the Jets are guaranteed to win a stupid game somewhere along the line. Are we
2: though? I'm not so sure.
0: Outside of Miami, who are they going to beat? They're not beating anybody. I think, they, I think they could beat Miami twice, um, maybe Cleveland. I mean, I, I, they could probably beat Denver, too. I mean, Denver's not great. I mean, I, I thought they were going to beat the Cardinals at the beginning of the season, but Kyler Murray is taking it to the next level, so I don't see that happening. <laughs> Anyways, it's cal- closing time in the saloon this week. You don't have to go home, but you can stay here. However, we will be back next week with a review of Week 3 and a look ahead to Week 4. I am Peter Storm for Eric Diamond and Seth Kaplan. Until next time.